God has sent us into the world. And he has sent you into the world not to stay away from all the people that don't look like you or don't talk like you or don't act like you. He sent you into the world so that you can live in it and not be of it, so that you can be different. But that only happens if you're bold enough to teach people about the fear of the Lord, to teach people about the constant changing that's on the inside of yourself and to confess powerfully in the name of Jesus. Happy Sunday. It is so good to see all of you. Let's all stand and worship.
lifted high and strongholds are coming down. And Jesus is lifted high. Come on.
lift our hands and sing that bridge one more time. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let us down. You are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good.
Prophesy. Bow here. They're prophesying. Now, Come on. Jesus. 
recital when I was a child I had to play this song and any of you that have ever taken piano lessons you know you have to play it and play it and play it and play it till you get it perfect so it just stays with you and this is one of those songs that I had to learn and it still stays with me and it said this only Jesus can satisfy your soul only he can change a life and make it whole he is the only thing that can satisfy listen to what the scripture says in the book of John, it says, Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? Can you imagine asking Jesus, what can you do? Can you even imagine asking him that question? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. They were looking for somebody to fill a void. And listen, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven, the true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only Jesus can turn things around. Only Jesus can make it better. And today, he wants to do that in this house. I believe he wants to speak hope over a generation. He wants us, as our sons and daughters are prophesying, he wants us to come in agreement with them. And there's something he wants to release over this congregation today that's very unique. Do you sense that? I feel it. Very unique and very powerful. I want you, if you will, just to lift your hands, if you're comfortable, just yielding yourself in the presence of God. Yield yourself in his presence and ask him to speak. Speak to us, Lord. Speak. 
speak to us. Father, forgive us if we've been looking in, into other sources or listening into, into other voices, looking for something to fill a void other than you. Today we acknowledge only you can turn it around. Only you can satisfy the deepest need and craving of my heart. Only you can make it better, God. And we look to you and we acknowledge you as the deliverer, as the healer, as the savior, as the God who sees, as the God who will do the miraculous. We look to you, oh God, and we trust you for the outcome. God, we praise you in advance for what you're going to do in this room. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone shouted, Amen. Now give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Praise you, Jesus, that you do hear and you do answer. It is a joy to see all of you this morning with us. And if this is your first time at Summerton Church of God, we welcome you. Let's welcome our first time guest, Summerton. So good to have you today. Let's take a moment, get out of our seat, greet one another with a great big God bless you. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. seated. This morning as we prepare our children to start back to school, of course later in the service today we're going to be praying over them. That's why they've joined us today. Can we give it up for these beautiful children in the house today? Amen. Some of the most beautiful and most handsome young men and women and some of the most well-behaved young men and women. We're just so blessed to have you guys joining us today in big church. And maybe, who knows, one day we may crash your party and come down to your church one Sunday. That would be pretty awesome. I want to tell you something. It's been about, uh, what, a year and a half ago, Philip, when you guys joined us? A year and a half ago, God answered a major prayer for us. After 21 days of prayer and fasting and praying and asking God to lead to God and to direct us, God sent us this amazing couple right here, Philip and Nicole Walker and their family. Amen. And I just whispered in his ear a moment ago how blessed we are to have them as a part of this team. And they were already a part of the family growing up here and being mentored by 
uh, Miss Sarah and Glenda, uh, Dodd, and I, I couldn't think of anybody better than to step into that role, than somebody who had been mentored by uh, the two greatest staff members anybody could ever hope to have with Sarah and Glenda Dodd. Amen. I mean, all the years they, they invested into our children, into our young people. And Glenda and Sarah, you, you've got to just be swelled up with pride when you see these kids and now adults who once were kids uh, here serving the Lord with all of their heart, all their mind, all their soul, all their strength. And, and we're just so thankful for the investment they've made. Today, we want to recognize uh, some ladies uh, who have been involved in our children's ministry. I think Philip added it up between the five of these ladies that we're going to honor today. They have given 141 years of service and ministry to children here at Summerton Church of God. Philip, I'm going to let you take it from here, buddy. And let's honor these precious ladies today. Awesome. If y'all would just respond when I call your name, Amanda Stone. You here with us this morning? Where you at? 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 Miss Patsy? No. Who, who's my next one? Bethany Perkins is next on that list. Yeah, I want them to come down. If you're here, I want you to come because I have you something. And Linda Jones. Next there. Mm -hmm. Patsy Stone. Yes. Yes, come on up here. And Joanna Hartley. Now, none of these ladies has asked for anything, um, and, you know, they probably don't even like what I'm doing uh, right now. But uh, I believe that we're creating a culture of honor around here, um, and we just want to honor uh, these ladies and the sacrifices that they have made over the years. Yes, and I know that uh, a card and a, f a flower is, is almost uh, not enough. Uh, but I know that when you see uh, these young people uh, giving of their life uh, and doing ministry and being involved here at the church, um, that it makes for good ground that you've sold in. And so we want to honor all of you uh, this morning. Church, would y'all give them a hand? And uh, the reason that we're honoring them today, and we should do this more regularly for all of our uh, leaders here at Summiton and all of our ministers here, uh, but you saw how many years some of them have put in here. Now, none of them have been asked to step aside. Let's get that clear, all right? None of them. But Joanna, 52 years you've put in in our children's ministry. And I'm sure you just needed a break. <laughs> Sweetheart, thank you so much for the investment that you've made into our children, 
our young people now that grown to be adults here in our church and leading in our church. And like Philip said, there's, there's no way we could thank you enough. Patsy, and Bethany, and Linda, thank you all so much. And Bethany, I know that you had to just be full of pride because these kids were probably in your children's choir at one time, 15 years that you were doing children's choir and doing Christmas programs and, and, and things of that nature. Yes, and you should be proud. You should be, and we're proud of every single one of you, and we love you so much. And believe me, listen to me, there's always a place for you if you decide to come back. Amen. Come on, let's let them know. Can I get a couple of guys to help these ladies off the stage? Amen. Thank you, ladies, so, so very much. I'm going to ask the ushers, if they would, please, to come at this time. And, uh, and while our ushers are coming, is it okay if, uh, if I just take a moment here and recognize someone else? Adam Russell. Adam, would you stand up back here? Come on, I see you. Adam, man, we are so proud of you, buddy. You represented our community so well as an athlete, and then you were honored last night as you were inducted into the Walker County Sports Hall of Fame, and it's well-deserving. Thank you, buddy. We celebrate with you, man. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. The Apostle Paul, of course, is speaking to the Corinthian church. And he gives them an example of what sacrificial giving looks like. And as that example, he used the churches of Macedonia which would have been the churches of Galatia and Thessalonica, churches that were located in Rome, hundreds, thousands of miles away from Jerusalem. And he was asking them to respond with an offering for the needs of the people back in Jerusalem. And here's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, I was blown away by their response. Absolutely blown away. Because he said, listen, he said, these people out of their extreme poverty. And this would have been the poorest section of Rome where people didn't have hardly anything. But he said, out of their extreme poverty. And not only that, he said, but they've been going through a lot of trials. They've been going through a lot of struggles. Businesses in their community have been shutting down because the economy is bad. So out of their struggles, out of their extreme poverty, he said, they gave. And then he said this, he said, not because we asked them, not because we begged them to, because we understood what their situation was. But he said, their willingness, out of their willingness. And then he said this, he said, even though they were poor, as far as material things are concerned, and even though they were going through a lot of struggles with the economy being bad, here's what he said about them. He said, they had overflowing joy. Isn't that awesome? That you can still have joy. Even though you may not have any material things, even though you may be going through struggles, you can still have extreme joy. And he said it was the joy and the grace that God gave them that motivated them to give. But here's what he said. He said, they blew me away because the first thing they did is they gave themselves to the Lord. And that's what we just saw here with these four beautiful ladies. The first thing they did is they gave themselves to the Lord. 
And you know, when you have given yourself to the Lord, you don't have a problem willingly give yourself to the work of the Lord and giving what you have to invest into the kingdom of God. So I don't know. I don't know what you have this morning, how rich or how poor you may be. I don't know what your struggles are, but I do know this. You can still have joy. And out of that joy, you can give to be a blessing to somebody else. And here's what Paul said. He said, not only did they give according to their ability, he said, they went above and beyond what they were able to give and what they were able to afford to give. Man, if that could become our model for giving, then the church would never lack in any way. Father, I thank you for the spirit that is in this house today. And Lord, I know that you are here today to touch a generation, to speak into a generation. Father, I pray today that each and every one of us will not allow our circumstances or our checkbook or our bank account to stand in the way of responding to the needs in our community. Lord, may we out of our joy and out of the grace that you've given us, not just give what we're able to give, but let's give sacrificially in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, let's give to the Lord today.
shadow, you won't light up Mountain, you won't climb up Coming after me There's no wall you won't kick down Lie, you won't tear down Coming after me There's no shadow, you won't light up Mountain, you won't climb up Coming after me No wall you won't keep down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Oh, you won't. 
thank him for that love this morning. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. I tell you, if that song don't mess you up, you just can't be messed up. Because it describes so adequately how much God loves us. Amen. Come on, Philip. I want you to give it up for the best, most handsome, most anointed, most gifted, most talented, least hair, youth pastor, actually family ministries pastor now. We have put Philip and Nicole over all of our family ministries. That means that they oversee all of our youth ministry, our children's ministry, and uh, just make sure that all of that. Now, he's not stepped out of being youth pastor, okay? He's still youth pastor, and they're very connected to our children's ministry as well. But Philip and Nicole, I just publicly want to say, man, God answered a major prayer for us when he sent you to us. Y'all have been such a blessing to us and to this community. And uh, man, they, God couldn't have sent us anybody better. You're a treasure, man, and you're a gift to us, and we love you. Amen. Come on, bring the word today. Oh, man. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. And uh, appreciate all those nice things uh, that you said about me, Pastor. I really do. I uh, just want to honor you. So thankful that you, uh, I don't know of another time in my life or my ministry uh, of a more generationally synergized uh, church that I've been a part of. Um, we get, uh, the youth group gets to be a part of uh, worship every Sunday. You know what I mean? It's not just on a special day. Um, and, you know, uh, I was sharing with Pastor that, you know, hey, I, I really need some men uh, on Wednesday nights, specifically down in the children's ministry. He said, well, hey, you know what? I, I, I got one week of growth, growth, growth track that I need to do. I, I, I'll serve one, one of those weeks. And I just, I appreciate you and honor you. You're the real deal. Uh, you really are. Um, and I, I just, I want us as a church to know that um, we have a pastor who really, really loves um, everybody. Yeah. Amen. Uh, he, he'll sing with the, uh, with the senior choir, but also come down here and, and work with our youth and our children. I appreciate you and I, I love you. I'm thankful to the Lord. Most people, because they like to live indoors and eat food, have to do a lot of things. They just got to work and do a job that maybe they don't like to do or, you know, maybe they hate. But I'm telling you what, I say it often. I feel like I'm getting to live my dream job. And I'm so very, very thankful to the Lord uh, because of that. And uh, that's what I'm encouraging uh, your young people uh, to do, to follow their dreams uh, and to, uh, to somehow, some way walk into that. Now, I'm not going to tell them that they just need to quit, you know, everything. Hey, you might have to work something while you're chasing that dream. Hallelujah. Bless God. So just let you know that I, I'll have a little bit of wisdom. I want to give a shout out to my... Man, I've had a friend since elementary school. Uh, Mikey Hill is visiting with us uh, this morning. And, um, you know, it's really, really neat. We were, part of a, um, we were part of a revival in high school, and I was just thinking about this uh, because uh, one of his family members who's been coming said, hey, I think Mikey's going to be here. Um, 
and I was thinking about, we were part of this like 26-week revival um, at Union Chapel, and I, I remember Mikey, you probably don't even remember this, but I remember we were worshiping, um, we, we'd all come down to the altar, and you know, Mikey's like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and I'm like five foot zero because I was shorter than this in high school. <laughs> Um, and man, uh, Mikey, just a big, you know, big guy, I mean, just bawling, I mean, just crying, crying. And, uh, you know, I was looking up like, man, Mikey's crying. It must be real today, baby. You know? And, um, he, he looked over at me and said, Philip, we got to get everybody in here. We got to get everybody in here. Man, I've just been thinking about that. You know, he very involved in the Parks and Rec Association in Corner and, uh, was doing just really, really neat things, but I just have given my life. I've wanted to get everybody in here, to get everybody in here, because I know if they can get in here, things can change. Amen. Uh, for the next uh, several weeks in our children's ministry on Wednesday nights um, and uh, down at the Life Center, as well as here on Sunday morning, we're going to be talking about boldness. Everybody say boldness. boldness. Oh, some of y'all said it boldly. I like that. Uh, just as uh, a scripture to kind of start us off, I want to take you to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says this, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness, everybody say boldness, boldness. of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. I pray that it is said of Summerton Church of God. That in front of people in our community, that in our jobs, on our, in our school campuses, that we would be people who would display and exude boldness. That we would be people who wouldn't say that we're all high and mighty, that we would just be the ordinary people that we are. And that people, it would be evident to them that we've been with Jesus. It would be evident that we've been with Jesus. I want to use as a definition this morning of boldness as free and fearless confidence, just to say yes to whatever the Lord will have you say to do. Yes. Yeah, but that would take me out of my comfort zone. Yes. Yes, but that will require that my son or daughter moved off. Yes. But that will require that I went into the mission field and took my whole family. Yes. But that will require that I actually have to say something at Walmart and not just get my groceries and come back home. Yes. That I can't just be the cool kid sitting at the lunchroom table and not having to share and talk about my faith. Yes. That you would freely and fearlessly say yes to whatever the Lord would have you do. So I'm going to make a couple of bold statements this morning. I work with a generation of people who make bold statements all the time. They wear jeans that are a little bit skinnier than what I would usually wear. They take multiple selfies to make sure that the lighting and the angle is just right. You don't want to take a picture with somebody from this generation and it's bled over into some of the other generation. Some of y'all. I got to make a statement with this picture. No, it's just a picture. No, but it's for the world. <laughs> this generation will make a statement because they take pictures of the food that they're about to eat. I mean, have you seen some of the social media shots? I mean, just the plating of the food. I'm too busy. I'm hungry by the time, unless I go to a Mexican restaurant, and of course you get pre-service food, you know, there. 
You know, so I'm not as hungry, but I mean, you know, hey, somewhere else, I'm ready to eat. I got time to take a picture of my food to make everybody else on social media jealous. It's about making a statement, though. I've seen people from my generation, you know, they take a picture of their coffee cup and the book that they're reading with a picturesque, you know, moonlit background in the back, making a statement. I've seen people from my generation wear a beanie in the summertime. Just at youth camp this year, I saw this guy, and he was a part of the worship team. And I said, dude, man, you got that beanie on. It's hot out here. He, and he, he said the word. He said, it's a statement. Check this out, though. I don't want you to get it twisted from anybody inside this generation that just because they got jeans that are skinny, just because they got jeans that have holes in them or they're wearing beanies in the summertime, these people will prophesy and preach the paint off the walls. That same guy who was wearing the beanie, making a statement later on inside the lunchroom while no music was going on, he started prophesying to me. I'm like, dude, this is legit. Like, what you're saying's right on, but you're wearing a beanie. I can't even take you seriously. Really? But it's real. Do not discount something that looks different from this generation because this generation, if you're a dude and you're bold enough to wear skinny jeans, you're bold enough to speak out for Jesus. Amen? You can speak out. You obviously don't care what people think about you. You can be bold. Hallelujah. Can I tell you this? Your kid's not too young. I'm going to make a couple of bold statements to you this morning. That's what I'm going to kind of use as a topic today. I'm going to talk about boldness. I'm going to tell you about a bold statement. Your kid ain't too young. Can I remind you that Jesus said, bring all these little kids to me? Can I remind you that Mary was young when she found out she was going to be the mother to the Savior of the world? Can I tell you that David could slay giants as a young man? Can I tell you that there were kings appointed as young men? Can I tell you that there were judges appointed? Your kid's not too young to start preaching and prophesying. Amen? When I was really blessed, uh, several weeks ago, Leah and Ryan Gans, little boy, he just, man, he just began to tell me about Jonah and the way. He said, hey, you ever heard about Jonah and the big fish? I'm, I want to tell you about it. Well, break it down for me. What do you know about Jonah? And he gave me the story. He ain't too young. He ain't too young. Your kid's not too young to, to, to have a, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence. Your kid's not too young to be full of the power of God. Your kid's not too young. I was blessed, so blessed, um, after coming back from our uh, family worship night uh, that we had this past Wednesday night. Uh, my middle child, Eliza, uh, she said, Dad, did you see me worshiping tonight? And I said, baby, I didn't see you. Um, because I really tried to, to worship toward the front because I don't see anybody because I just got ADD, you know. I see somebody like lifting or, you know, like, hey, why are they checking their phone right now? And it just distracts me. So I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get focused. And I said, but sweetie, I didn't see you. And she said, yeah, but uh, um, um, I, I was really worshiping. And, and I said, Shanta, hi. <laughs> and I said, 
sweetie, what did you say? She said, I said Shantaha just like you did, Dad. And so I began to speak in tongues. I said, you mean this? She said, yeah, 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 that, that thing. So then I went into my three-point outline. Well, sweetie, when you say yes to the Lord, you can have a, you know, a prayer language. She had already checked out by then, you know. She just, hey, I'm giving you the highlights, Dad. I can't, I don't even know where you are with that. But she's not too young to hear me praise and worship the Lord because we're doing it intentionally in front of her. And I'm not just saying, hey, you're crazy. No, man, you're anointed and appointed right now. Your kid is not too young. Behavior change without heart change is hypocrisy. I feel like I was a part of, for years and years and years, telling people, well, you got to stop doing this. You got to stop going there. You got to stop being a part of this. You need to get new friends. You got to stop being over here. This is what you got to do. And you got you to you measure your godliness by how far you are away from all the sin that you used to do inside your old life. But you know what happened? Eventually, because all that was concerned with was that you were not doing those things, but your heart never got changed, you're just living a hypocritical life. That's all. But if you could ever get your heart changed, you wouldn't want to go around those same other folks. You wouldn't want to go around the same, doing the same things that you do when you get your heart changed. That's, that's where life change happens, when you can get a new heart. And that you become bold enough to say, God, I need a new heart. And then you be- begin to measure your godliness by how close you are to Jesus and the cross and by, not by how far you are away from sin. We need new hearts. And you don't even have to... I love what Adam Hicks said on Wednesday night. You know, you don't have to be junior Holy Spirit and like text people when you see them. Hey, well, you know, I saw you doing this. Hey, I'm calling you out. Hey, and if the Lord tells you to say something, hey, you know what? I ain't arguing with you and God. But if you just want to like get on to somebody... You're not Holy Spirit. He's doing a pretty good job himself. All we're called to do is love people boldly. Because if they could ever get a new heart, the rest of the stuff's going to change itself. Golly, come on. Most people, and I'm including myself, I said this statement to myself, I'm in love with the idea of change, not change. I'm in love with the idea of change, not change. Man, I love to hear pastors talk about 32,689 folks. Hey, oh yeah. Hey, what church you at? Oh, well, you know, it's, it's 32,000 of us. Oh, yeah, we're liked in the community. Oh, man, we were, you know, we're part of opening up this, this, this city of lights thing down at, at, this, at this old school. And we're going to, people are going to come in by the droves and droves. And they're not going to look like us. And they're not going to talk like us. And they're not going to smell like us. Oh, we're so excited until people actually start to show up. Because we're excited about the idea of change, not actual change. 
Because guess what? Somebody coming out of there might have a gift of children's ministry, a gift of uh, a youth ministry inside of them. They might have been, been a greeter in a past life. They might have done some other things inside their church, and then they're going to come and have to share with us. Well, I'm in love with the idea of change as long as it don't bother my stuff over here. And we're being changed from glory to glory to look more like Jesus each and every day. So we're in this constant state of change. And I can just tell you this as a, as a, as a member of the pastoral staff. I can tell you that none of the members of this pastoral staff want to offend. That none, none of the members of this pastoral staff have a malicious heart on the inside of them. And I would encourage you not to take the bait when the enemy tries to do that to you. That you would see the trick and tactic of the enemy for what it is. I'm not even going to uh, pay attention to that, devil. I know what that is. As a matter of fact, I will, I'll start praying for them right now. You better take them out. Take them out of my, don't even bring them up to my resentment. Because if you do, man, I'll, I'll pray the Holy Ghost and fire on the inside of them. If we won't take the bait. Most people are in love with the idea of change, not actual change. I'm telling you, this change is difficult. It's hard. And I'm telling you what, even as a 35-year-old dude, I think I'm pretty, I think I'm hip, you know? <laughs> and I'm telling you, in the last year and a half, there have been multiple reminders to me that I'm not as hip and cool as I think I am. <laughs> and you know what? That's all right. Because I'm okay with that. That's why I know that the, the people who are coming in this next generation have to begin to take it up even right now as I'm 35 years old. Even right now, they got to they gotta be in love with change because everybody's being changed to look more and more like Jesus each and every day. Uh, stop elbowing your neighbor. This word's for you. A lot of times during messages like this, you know, people will start saying, man, I wish so-and-so was here. They really need to hear that. Honey, you hear that? That's for you. Point to yourself. This is a word for you. It's a word for you. You need to know. You need to be encouraged. You need to know that you can make a bold statement to live for Jesus. This is where I'm going to hang out for the next couple of minutes this morning. Close to uh, beating everybody to Cracker Barrel. John 15, 14 to 19 says this, I have given them your word. Everybody say word. Still, I like it. I like it. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Everybody say world. Even as I am not of the world, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. I'm going to repeat that again because I feel like some of y'all want to exit during that part. Because they are not of this world, even as I'm not of this world, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world. Everybody say world. Even as I'm not of the world, sanctify them in your truth. I'm having a hard time reading back there. Switch up here. Your word is truth as you have sent me into the world. Everybody say world. I also have sent them into the world for their sakes. I sanctify myself that they themselves also may be sanctified in the truth. I was led to this scripture. There's a scripture in John 17, and I think all throughout John, Jesus continually reminds us that we are not of this world. 
and that people in this world are going to hate you because they first hated me. And this is where this phrase is brought out of, you know, to say that we live in this world but not of this world. And I'm just going to tell you, throughout my study over the last couple of weeks, I've been, I, I was looking for that scripture. It's like, oh, where is it in the Bible when it says, you know, that uh, we are, we're in this world but not of it? It ain't in there. We use that phrase, and there's a lot of Christian phrases that we're using, hallelujah, bless God, that ain't in the book. And that's fine, but you need to know that it ain't in the book. And it's a phrase based on some scriptures. Amen? We're to live in this world, but not of it. That is why I have this kayak boat thing. Why a boat, Philip? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because a boat can be in the water. I had visions of preaching here and falling, and I'm just praying that I'll be able to just preach a minute standing in here without, and just make the transition out without making a blooper reel somewhere. A boat can be in the water. But the moment it becomes of the water, it becomes an ineffective boat. And I don't want to be in it. You as a Christian need to be in this world, but not of it. Amen? Well, show you a really neat example. Pastor, I want you to stand right here. Uh, Brian, you come here. Caitlin, since you're there, sit, yep, uh-huh. Yep, that's what you get sitting on the front row. Bless the Lord. Uh, you can stand here. Uh, go way back there. Julianne, Emily, come on, stand, 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 Way over there on the other side. Go, 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 catch her. Don't let her beat you. So when I was in uh, Master's Commission, we had, we did this thing. I want you to hold that. We did this thing, and um, we, we got, um, actually, Caitlin, you step up to the top. Emily, you step up to the top. We need some, some varying movements here. All right. So we did this thing, and I just want to say thank you. Uh, those of you, uh, I mean, I'm talking about, golly, 18, 20-plus years ago. Um, I ain't have no money uh, to go off to Canada and stay for nine months, but the people of this church invested in a young kid who had only been here less than a year, and I appreciate you. Wow. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for that. While I was there, we did this thing, and uh, we all got a candle, and um, y'all just pretend like you have a candle. Yep, pretend like you have a candle. Uh-huh, candle, but you're going to be, nope, you don't have a candle, okay? Uh, and so there was one person who was the source. And so he was the source candle. And so, you know, we went over there, we lit our candle, and then we come over here. And then there was a leader. There was like two people uh, like him, and um, they were trying to blow out our candle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we were doing stuff like this, and we were running away. But, the you know, the, he was trying to, you know, blow it out, and, you know, we were running, you know, like, ha, 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 ha. And then, you know, these people, they had their, their lights lit, too. And so every time that the leader actually did successfully blow it out, the only rule was that they couldn't blow out the source candle. So, you know, we could come back here, you know, we run again, everybody's just running, you know, we're all running, and we're just doing this. And so I had this, 
Brian, come on now. And we're all running. I'll stay right here. I'll stay right here. So we're right here, and we're just running. Okay, and then I had this bright idea because we kept getting our, our light blew out. And I was like, man, this is, this is for the birds. And so I had this great idea. You know, got my light lit, man. So I went about 40 yards away from everybody else. And I thought I was really, really smart because it was out in the middle of the dark. I was hiding my lamp. And it was lit. And the leader, he was going around, he was messing with them, he was blowing out their candles, and they were frustrated, blow them out. Y'all trying to guard it, you know. Yeah, yeah, good job, Emily. See, there you go, there you go. And, and you know, I was really excited because I had figured out a way, you know. Okay, you're way too into it, okay? Just tone it down just a little bit, you know. Okay, okay, stop where you are. So I'm, I'm really, really far away. I'm, I'm really, really far away, and I was real excited because <laughs> my light shining. <laughs> I'm holding this like it's a microphone. Okay, I'm, I'm real excited because my light's shining bright, and nobody can blow out my lamp. Booyah, baby! I done figured it out. But you know what eventually happened? The, the leader who was blowing things out eventually saw me out there 40, 50 yards away, and then he came, <laughs> and he blew out my lamp again. And so I said, you know what, this is for the birds. If the rule is that you can't blow out the source, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay on source. Mm -hmm. And so now when the leader was trying to blow out my candle, he couldn't. So he was, he was hanging out here and I said, hey, 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 all y'all who've been running around, all y'all who've been coming around, just, just come here. We're going to all stay on the source. We're going to all stay on the source. And so now, now when, 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 when the people who are trying to, you know, uh, block us and, and, and put out our lamp, we're going to walk through them. Get in front of us. <laughs> and we're going to walk through them because they can't, they can't put out the lamp. They can't put out the lamp. They can put out the source. Y'all all go sit down. Let me tell you what happens a whole bunch of times in youth culture especially. Winterfest, motion, forward, name the conference, baby. We go and we get our lights lamp, lights lit. We get our light lamp, blah, blah, blah. We get it lit up and we're fired up, baby. But our girlfriend ain't on the trip with us. Mm -hmm. Your boyfriend didn't come on that trip. That's why you was able to get inside the, the face of Jesus. You wasn't with your friends at school. So now they done seen you post up. That picturesque little scene with, you know, you with your hands raised or, 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 or with your mascara because you didn't come Church of God proof. And you, and you just a blubbering mess. And they're like, oh. <laughs> and you go back to school and you get your light snuffed out. Or you as an adult, you come and man, we got church. Pastor don't even get to preach we had church. <laughs> and you go back into work the next day and you're around all those nasty, unsafe sinner people. <laughs> and your light gets immediately snuffed out. Because all you did was go and get a charge up. And you didn't get the source. But if you'd ever decide and make a decision that you wasn't going to just go get a, a, a fill, 
You wasn't just going to go get your lamp lit. But you're going to grab the source. And you're going to be able to bust up in your relationship now, bust up in your school now, bust up on your job now, bust up in your family now, bust up in every part and piece inside of your life with the source. It can't be snuffed out. Amen. That's how you make a bold statement to live for Jesus. That's how you make a bold statement to live in this world, but not of this world. Let me give you three things that can help you stay on the source then I'm going to say amen, and we're going to have our kids come down. The first one is this. You've been sent into the world, so we're there. In this world, but not of it. The fear of the Lord. Let me tell you this. Proverbs 1 and 7 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let me tell you something. There is there's a boldness for craziness inside this generation. Let me give you an example. There are some things that... My son has said to me in the past that if I would have said to my parent, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of what would have happened to me. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. Not like, ha-ha, are oh, you talking about getting a whooping, though? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. I'm afraid of what would have happened to me because I think that my parents are crazy. Like, I, I, I think that they're crazy with stuff like that. Like, if I would have said, like, oh, no, I ain't turning off my computer. <laughs> like I would have had to say it and take off no I am going to so and so's house what you gonna do about it I mean can you even imagine you can't I'm scared I'm scared to even talk about it now mom and daddy I'm sorry I'm sorry for even using this as an example I'm still scared People don't have a real fear anymore. And that fear that they feel so comfortable to talk kind of crazy to their mamas and daddies, that has transferred onto the Lord. The Word says, do not be afraid of man who can simply destroy your body. Be afraid of God who can destroy your soul and spirit. There is a magnificence and awe of who God really is. And we forget sometimes, uh, the example that I always use with my students is that uh, I feel like that a lot of times my students treat Jesus and God as if he is, you know, this girl or this boy who really likes you, but you really don't like them. And they just always bothering you like, hey, you know so-and-so really likes you. I know, but I don't really like them. And then in a moment where you're lonely, and you just think, well, I ain't doing nothing else. You decide. Okay, whatever. I like so-and-so. And we treat Jesus like that. Like, well, yeah, sure. I ain't doing nothing else. I'll go to church. I ain't doing nothing else. I'll get into the face of Jesus. God, every time somebody saw who he was in Scripture, they fell on their face. They couldn't even stand. And it's not until you literally understand that you were dead in your transgressions. And somehow, someway, by the grace of Almighty God, He picked you up off the bottom 
in the muck and the miry clay, and he picked you up. He set your feet on solid ground, and he breathed life into your soul. If you don't get the picture of that, you'll just think that it's kind of whatever. I prayed a prayer. Man, there is a fear of who God is, and if you'll stay on the source, the, rate, the, the way you can stay on the source is you have a fear of who God is. You want to stay on the source? Continually be asking yourself, what is it? What is the Lord asking you to give to him? There ought to be something that the Lord is constantly working on you about because of this. John chapter 3 and verse 30 says this, he must become greater and I must become less and less. That's the thing that gets us in the, in the right mindset. We realize that all this stuff is me getting to be and look like more like Jesus. And it's not my will and my way. It's not what I want. It is what Jesus wants. It's what God wants inside my life. And I know that I can stay on the source if I say, God, what are, you, what are you asking me to get rid of? What are you telling me? What are you telling me that I need to work on? What is it, what is it that you're trying to shave off of me? What, what iron needs to sharpen and, get, and get, get rid of the stuff off of me? Lastly, confess your sins. James 5 and 16 says this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The thing that we hate and that we don't want to do is confess in front of people because we literally want people to think that we are perfect. And the, the, the crazy thing is that people already know that you're not perfect. They already know that you don't have it all together. And they would feel more comfortable around you if you would simply say that. I ain't got it all together. I'm struggling along myself. I got Jesus and thank God that's enough. But the thought that you have about me is not particularly true. I'm having to die daily myself. I'm having to keep a fence down inside myself. I'm having to make sure inside myself to stay on the source because it would be much easier for me to just try to do it in my own strength. But God has sent us into the world and he has sent you into the world not to stay away from all the people that don't look like you or don't talk like you or don't act like you. He sent you into the world so that you can live in it and not be of it, so that you can be different. But that only happens if you're bold enough to teach people about the fear of the Lord, to teach people about the constant changing that's on the inside of yourself, and to confess powerfully in the name of Jesus. I want to pray over each and every one of you inside this room. Lord, I just pray right now over each and every person here, Lord Jesus, and each and every person that's listening, uh, even online. Father God, that you would do what only you can do, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray if there be one in this house this morning who needs to make things right with you, Lord Jesus, that they would be bold enough to do just that. So, Father God, I pray with every head in this room bowed and every heart composed, that if there is someone who has realized during the course of this message 
that they need to make things right with you and they don't have things right with you right now. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to their heart right now, that they would lift their hands just right there at their seat and allow me the opportunity to pray over them so that they can know Jesus in a real and powerful way. I see that hand over there. If you would just, with the solemnness of the moment, if you would just kind of keep your heads bowed and your hearts composed, I do see a couple of hands all over this sanctuary of people who are just saying, I need to make things right with you. I need to, I need to be right with you today. So Lord, I pray over each and every person who was bold enough to declare, Lord, I need you. I thank you, Father God, that that's all that they have to do, Lord Jesus. Simply acknowledge that they need you, Father God, and you'll come in and meet with them. You'll come in and be with them. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would uh, 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 just render their hearts, Lord Jesus, so that they would sacrifice and surrender their entire life to you. I pray that you would lead and guide and direct them on the way to make things right with you, Lord Jesus. I pray you forgive them of their sins. You'd help them to live a victorious life in the name of Jesus with you. Amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? you did raise your hand and you did you do need more information about um you need a bible you need a special prayer about anything uh we'll be hanging out um you know after service uh, to be able to uh you know help you along in the next steps of that but now uh teachers if y'all can help me um if you are returning to school uh here in the next week if you're of school age um, that's from, um, we'll, we'll let even our preschoolers come up, but uh, if you're kindergarten to 12th grade, I want to pray over you, uh, and uh, as well does pastor um, this morning. If you would, stand up and just come to the altar. I know it may be a little bit awkward for you, uh, but if you would, just come um, forward. We want to pray over you. Uh, remember, this is our back-to-school Sunday. We realize that you're going to be released back into your schools you're going to be released back into those places um, where the Lord has called you to be light and to transform the darkness around you. And I believe that you have an awesome opportunity, an awesome opportunity to not just charge your light up, to not just charge your light up, but to have the Holy Spirit of God to literally come alongside you, to be on the inside of you. And guys, if some of y'all can start to shift this way to make room for um, my little kids that are coming uh, and let them fill in on that side, if y'all could just kind of migrate toward this way, make way for them to come in. I appreciate that. I'm going to pray first over you and then uh, our pastors. Um, Pastor Jamie may have a prayer, uh, but I know Pastor Victor wants to um, to pray over you. Also, I want to let y'all all get into place. You have a unique opportunity to be light and to be bold. And I believe that the Lord himself will give you power to help you to shine that light brightly. 
I don't want you to be afraid of people who don't believe like you or who think differently than you. You be bold enough to stand up and to stand out in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that my, our children would understand their need for Jesus and rejoice in the good news of the gospel. Lord, I pray that our children would love learning, that their hearts would seek to understand this world that you've created. I pray that as they learn about your world, they would behold the majesty of your glory. Lord, I pray that you would surround them with friends who make wise choices and encourage their faith. I pray that their teachers would be wise and gentle. Lord, I pray that they would work with diligence and put forth their best efforts. I pray that they would be thoughtful with their words and respectful in their replies. I pray that you would free them from the pressure of trying to be like everybody else by instilling in them the confidence to know that they are uniquely made by you. I pray that you, I pray that they would receive correction well. I pray that they would share their faith with others. I pray that when they do what is wrong, they would bear consequences that lead them to repentance. I pray that when they, when they do what is right, you would bless their obedience that they may learn to love your ways. I pray that your word would be on their hearts and in their minds as they learn. I pray that they would be kind to others. I pray that you would give them the grace of self-control. Lord, I pray that your grace would rest upon our children. I pray that you would protect them from all evil. And more than anything else, may their lives glorify you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Philip, if you will take that, yeah. and Jamie has one. I, I really believe we need to anoint every single one of these kids Some of y'all up here this morning. I want everybody else to stand, if you would, please. And I want you to stretch your hand in this direction. Now, for some of you kids, some of you young people that don't understand what we're doing here with the anointing oil, step up. there's no power in this oil. It's what the oil represents what it symbolizes, it represents the power and the anointing of Holy Spirit. And it's a power that He gives us to do things that we could never do in and of ourselves. The anointing of God also means that you're different, that you've been set apart by God for a specific purpose. We talk about it all the time, and here's, here's a young man with one of the shirts on, Be Light. Be light. You have been anointed to be light. And so as they come around and they anoint you today with oil, we're praying that the anointing and the power of God would rest upon your life, that you would truly be light, that this would be the most blessed and prosperous and productive school year that you've ever had. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, parents, help me pray this morning. Stretch your hand in this direction. Father God, we thank you for these precious gifts and treasures that are standing here before us this morning. Father, we understand the challenge that they're facing as they go back to school. Because just as Philip preached this morning, there are many who would love to just snuff the light out. To somehow smother it, to somehow cover it so that it doesn't shine as brightly as it should. Lord, we know that the enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, and he would like to steal this school year away from some of these. But Father God, in the name of Jesus, your anointing today rests upon them. I declare it in Jesus' name. 
that your anointing is upon every one of them. Your grace rests upon every one of them. The power and the ability to do what they could never do in and of themselves. Lord, I believe that this is going to be the best year they've ever had. They're going to have the best grades that they've ever had. Father, you are touching the minds of every child here today so that they can focus. They can receive and they can retain, God, everything that's being poured into and invested into them. Father, I believe that you are igniting a passion. Yes, Holy Spirit, I hear you. That you are igniting a passion within each and every one of these children and young people today. And it's going to be a passion unlike what they've ever had before. It's going to be a zeal unlike what they've ever had before. Not just a zeal for the Lord, but it's going to be a zeal for the kingdom, a zeal for the work of the Lord. And also it's going to be a zeal and a passion for school, to learn, to be educated. God, that, that those who have not enjoyed school in the past, those who have not liked it in the past, then Lord, you're creating a passion and a fire, Lord, and a zeal within them that they can't wait to get up in the mornings to get to school and to learn more and to grow more, Father God, and to have more opportunity to shine bright and to be light and to somehow impart life to others who are going to be going to school with them. Father, I pray that your angels would encamp round about every single one of them. Yes, Lord, we want you to protect them and we want you to keep them safe, but we don't want to live a protected life. We don't want them to live a safe life. We want them to live lives of adventure. We want them to live lives of, of, of faith and trusting you. Not afraid, God, to take a risk. Not afraid, Father God, to do what others are not willing to do. Not afraid, God, to take that chance. Not afraid, Father God, to step out and to do and to be who you've called them to be and to do what you've called them to do, Father God. I pray in the name of Jesus for fire to be shut up in their bones, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, for that passion and that zeal, Lord, that, that, that Father, we, we just look at them and we see that fire. We see that zeal emanating from them. I pray, Lord, that there'll be a blessing to those who are in class with them. I pray that there'll be a blessing to their teachers and that every day they walk in and say, Teacher, how can I serve you today? How can I help you today? To their principals, how can I help this school be a better school? How can I help us do what God has called us to do? Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus, life. We pray in the name of Jesus, blessings over them. Father, we pray that every need that they have will be met, will be supplied for the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God praise for our kids today. We want you to come and join us here at Summerton Church of God. God is doing some amazing and miraculous things, and we want you and your family to be a part of that. We are eliminating the darkness in this community by being light.